Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Right, it is Friday, it is noon, it is time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. It's Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Lorenzo Alexander's in for Wolf today with me, and Rick is here for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Rick? There's a lot to stu- a, a lot of stuff to get to here. So, the Phoenix Suns beat a Kawhi and Paul George-less Los Angeles Clippers team last night. 111-95 in Los Angeles. Here's guard Chris Paul. Never easy, you know, but a win is a win. It's hard to get wins in this league. I'm happy we uh, we got a win after this road trip, so I'll keep, try to keep this train moving. Are you guys convinced the Suns are back on track, or do you need to see them do it against the Pelicans on Saturday? Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I, it's not like I thought they were completely off track. I, now I don't think they're totally back on track because they won one game. If they beat the Pelicans, that would... I, that that's a team where if you beat them, okay, I start to feel a little bit better about things. Yeah, you just want to see them continue to roll, get back on the roll, right? Like we've been accustomed to seeing, go on, go on runs of wins. Um, the one thing that I want to see, obviously, D Book is still dealing with the hamstring and the inconsistency of, of being able to score the basket basketball. So once I see that that progression, you know, I think they're they're back on it. And, I, and I'm not saying he had to put up forty a night, right? But getting back to that, just being efficient. Where I'm watching the game and like, dang, man, they. They have by twenty and don't even feel like it. Yeah, and he, and Booker last night six of twenty two. I mean, it's his first game back, but right. forty. He was he was putting up forty a game for a while yeah. there. It felt like he just hasn't. That shot hasn't been there. His last four games thirty percent, thirty five, twenty nine, twenty seven. That's not Devin Booker. Exactly. So once that turns, I'll I'll, I'll start feeling a little bit better about it. The Cardinals are obviously having issues both on and off the field at the moment. On the field, they are 4-9, and nine, and if that keeps up, they will probably get a high draft pick. So our Sanderson-Ford poll question asks, which side of the ball should they address with their first-round pick? Offense or defense? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm gonna go offense, particularly offensive line. Yeah, you got to get more dominant there. I know it's not sexy, but if you have a dominant offensive lineman and start building that, you can win a lot of football games. I hate the fact that I've been looking at mock drafts in December. Right now, they would pick fifth. So, like, I would go with Uzo of offensive line with that first pick. But the thing is, I don't know. Like at the top of this draft, it seems like your best players are defensive guys. I think offensive line's the biggest right. need. I think if you're going like best player there, if they're really going to pick top five, you're not going to get Will Anderson, but there's a couple of those other guys. Offensive line's the biggest need, though, so let's go offense. I'll vote offense, but I wish there was a best lineman available because I feel like they could use a defensive lineman as well. Well, and there's nobody signed on the offensive line past this year. So yeah. DJ Humphreys. Right, exactly. Hudson. And I think they have some guys on the defense, and I've mentioned them, uh, Majay. Right, Cameron, yeah. guys that are developing that can be really good. Zach, right, that's good, really good. Develop, taking another step this year. So I don't. It would be great to have a great pass rusher too, but those guys are trending in a way where those guys can be serviceable. And I don't even say serviceable. More than that, 
and next year as they continue to be on this trend. You have used a lot of first-round picks on defense lately. It, yeah. <laughs> I would go offensive line unless you really fall to the point where Will Anderson's there, then you're taking him, obviously. All right, I will vote offense. And offense is 52%. Defense is 48%. So almost 50-50 there. Yeah. All right. What is Will? I don't know college. I don't know. What is he at? End or is he a corner? He's he is edge. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. He's on Alabama. So, I mean, he's he just he seems oh, to be. Oh, that's that cat. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. nice. Yeah, he so, can go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about that. <laughs> We've yeah, convinced yeah, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> once, once he realized who that was, yeah. <laughs> All right. And so as for the off-the-field concerns, former Arizona Cardinals O-line coach Sean Kugler was obviously fired last month due to allegations of misconduct in Mexico City. This morning in a statement released through his lawyers uh, he said he was fired due to a miscommunication or mistaken identity. The release also said the claims were unsubstantiated. Here's Cliff Kingsbury from a little bit ago. I was just a brief by Mark, and, and so he said we put out a statement. I'll just leave it at that. Your reactions? Well, that's the right move right, by, by Coach. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> again, I know that a lot of Cardinals fans are done with Cliff. I almost feel bad for Cliff with the off-the-field stuff, though, at this point, because he's got nothing to do with whatever that situation is. Right. He's got to right. answer it. That's one of those uncontrollables that you never want to have in your football team. Um, uh, but in Sean Coogler's case, you know, he has the opportunity and the right, right obviously, to, to to defend who he is as a man um, and protect what his is his financially. So I think uh, you go through the process, and then you'll see what happens. But in my mind, most teams don't just jump like that without having – a substantial reason. Um, but, hey, I, I've been wrong before. Uh, real quick, too, that Cardinal statement back that Cliff was referencing was, uh, quote, as an ongoing legal matter, we're going to refrain from comment other than to say that the team is confident the process will result in a much different set of facts than those presented today and that it had good cause to terminate Mr. Kugler's employment. So that's, unquote, so that's the Cardinals uh, side of things. All right, and there is a football game, though, this weekend. What? Bron- yeah. They're, they're- Ooh. The Broncos... And the Cardinals. The Cardinals go on the road to play the Broncos. Uh, that one is on the Arizona Sports app and 98-7 at 2.05 p.m. on Sunday. The 4-9 Cardinals, 3-10 and 10 Broncos. Who do you guys have? Uh, okay. <laughs> I did this uh, this hit in Denver yesterday after our show, and we all kind of collectively, me with the two Denver hosts, decided it's going to be like 6-3 to three or something. No. Um, no, it's not. But uh, and <laughs> That's not good if it is because Denver has a good kicker. Denver can't move the ball, yeah, man. I'm say, I'm about to go with the Cardinals on this one. We got one more. Um, let's go uh, 17-14. Okay. I That was right in the range I was going with, so I'm going to say 17-13. Okay. But I... I know that the Cardinals have not been good. Denver is terrible offensively. And, and unless Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy hook up for a couple plays, I, the Cardinals should win this game. Yeah, that's what crazy. I'm rocking with. I think because, I mean, their defense has been playing well. They, they've been getting their hands close on balls right here lately. Uh, yeah. Almost had one big one last week, but it hit, just hit the ground. Uh, when I, you know, David Collins Zavin. leads the league in right. almost making <laughs> right. huge plays. So it's about time to have that, that additional breakthrough. And so with that additional breakthrough and with Colt McCoy, who I think we all have confidence in to be able to come in and run the offense. Don't turn um, the ball over. It's going to be 17. Yeah, 17-14. Okay. I like that. All right. And finally, 
The 2023 college football bowl season started today. Woo! You're the only one cheering for that. Do you guys care about any of them other than the playoff games? Uh, is Cal playing? I don't believe so. Then no. Say is you playing? Yeah. No. <laughs> but like, even if they were playing, like, I would. Do you, really? Even if like the quarterback wasn't playing because he transferred, and the running back wasn't playing because he was going to the league, well, like, you know, it's my guy. See, I'm not like this new age where I, you know, I follow guys. I follow teams. It's my team, right? That's more than new age. Well, how old are you again, Jesse? Twenty four. Yeah, yeah. You're part of this crew where you follow guys. I follow <laughs> no, teams. No, right? I, so when LeBron switched, you probably switched. If he was a fan of LeBron, that's your your way of thinking. Right? No, I, I'm just saying, like, if your team is playing a bunch of second stringers in a bowl man, game. Man, those second stringers worked hard. They did, but. Yeah, they earned it right there. Did you get a scholarship? I, I, I got an academic scholarship. Uh, no, no, an athletic scholarship. I did not. Oh, okay, all right. All We're not right, talking about man. the knowledge bowl. We're see, talking about man, the outback Come on, man. Bowl. You see, Zoe's always here to give me a hard time. Always, I man. If, if, it, if ASU were in a bowl game, I've gone to too many ASU bowl games to sit here and pretend that I wouldn't, and they'd exactly. lose all of them. Uh, but, I, you know, I will say this. What is there, 42 bowl games? Uh, I, I, th- I thought there was like 150, but I think I'd get rid of some. Right. I, I used to care a lot more about just bowl season. It's hard for me to care about some of these games when a lot of their players aren't playing. If it was ASU, if it was a Pac-12 school, right. I'd still care. Well, that's why I was like, yeah, is it my school? Man, if it ain't my school, I really don't. But to your point, they do have they do have way too many bowl games. I'm going to the it's, guaranteed. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. I'm going to the guaranteed rate bowl at Chase Field. I'm going to go watch football in a baseball Stadium. You know who's playing? I played in Oklahoma this State and Wisconsin. So, Luke, I have a I have a team for all of my conferences. Oh God! Oh, okay. uh, for all the conferences, and Wisconsin is my Big Ten team. Didn't so. you just tell me to break? And now you're going through conference by conference. That was Lauren. Oh, okay. Oh wow! But you should break. Didn't sound wow. like Lauren, but whoever it was was responsible. She was doing the the thing. I thought. I, I don't right. know. My peripheral vision. Maybe it's failing me. Coming up next, the Cardinals do have a game this weekend. We'll get into the matchup with the Broncos. Who has the advantage in that one? It's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. has to be a record during football season to get to 12-15 on Friday before we really start to break down the actual game the Cardinals have. Look, it was a weird week. They had Monday night against Patriots, so we weren't talking about it Monday. And then Tuesday, Kyler Murray's out for the year, so we're not talking about Tuesday. And then that kind of lingered into Wednesday, and then you had the Kime stuff, and now you have the Kugler stuff today. We talked about it with Brandon Stokely earlier to get the Broncos' perspective on things, and we did play Fulcrum football, but Zoe and, and Lorenzo Alexander's in for Wolf right now. So let's just get into the actual meet of this game on Sunday. Cardinals and Broncos, two teams that are not where they thought they were going to be this year, especially the Broncos. Denver's really good defensively, really bad offensively. In your mind, what's what's the simplest path for the Cardinals to come out of this with an actual win? Be physical up front. I know Wolf has talked about it. They haven't been physical, right? Getting away from that. And just running the ball. 
Um, I think downhill between the tackles, tackle zone, and then be able to play action off of it. You know, when you have a very aggressive physical defense, you have to, you have to set the 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 physicality right. I know often people say we got to go out there and match it. Nah, no, we don't want to match it. That means because that means they're dictating it. Yeah, they're telling right? you how to play. We want to go out there, set the tone early, dictate it, uh, control the line of scrimmage, run the ball downhill, and then play action off of that. Um, and I think that's obviously with Colt back there. I think that's a great recipe for success. And having and just again having a couple of plays that look similar, um, especially off the run game, so you can get some of these easy passes, uh, whether it's to the tight end or receiver position, um, and get guys in space and allow them to uh, uh, create some uh, some yak, really. And then off of that, once you start doing that, then you can take a couple of deeper shots because guys are coming up. You, you're 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 maybe running off maybe four, three and a half, four yards of carry, and then that makes guys feel get real antsy that they got to come up, and then you can get start stretching the ball out down the field. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, obviously we had that small sample size of what Cole did earlier this year, and uh, I think he did he did a, a very solid job. You know, to the point where we had people, you know, ridiculously saying uh, maybe we should just keep him in here and keep Kyler out a little bit longer. But that's what that's what I want to see. Just the physicality up front. In the run and the pass game, um, especially by some of those other guys, you know, Lasitas, Cody Ford, um, being dominant um, up front. The the running part of it specifically too stands out because Denver's defense is it's uh, number four in the NFL in terms of points allowed, and the teams ahead of it are San Francisco, Buffalo, and Dallas. So yeah, three legitimate defenses, obviously. Uh, their their pass defense is number seven just in terms of yards passing yards allowed per game, but their rush defense is kind of middle of the pack. The Cardinals have a better rush defense than Denver. They're 10 spots ahead. I think the Cardinals are like 7th or 8th and Denver is 17th. It's, look, the Broncos don't give up points. They don't score points. But to your point, maybe it starts with James Conner because he was running pretty hard on Monday night. And yeah. you do have Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, which <laughs> it, it's it's one of the great frustrations of this season just in, the, in football terms. We have not got to see those two together with Kyler Murray, but for one game and three plays. But if I'm Colt McCoy, I at least know I have those two receivers to throw to as well. Right, and he, he didn't have, who didn't he have when he started last time? Was it Hollywood? Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. right, wasn't back yet. So that's going to change a little bit dynamic, because obviously Hollywood has that speed to take off, take the top off the defense, and so maybe he, they will get a couple of different looks um, from a defensive standpoint that, that's going to even allow them to run the ball a little bit more, especially if they can hit early maybe on a deep pass to Hollywood down the field, right? Uh-oh. Well, maybe we can't play, you know, seven or eight-man boxes. Maybe we got to play more of this cover two shell because of what they just did early in the game and kind of dictate to them, and then you run the ball. And when they come up, play action, right? And it all builds off of each other. But they got to be able to connect on some of those early plays, especially in the first 15, to kind of throw Denver off of of how they want to play the game and you start dictating to them a little bit. And so we'll, we'll see. And that's why, you know, I even asked, could I, could I, could I draft Cliff in Folkham football, right? <laughs> if we had another round, right. were you going to take him? I, I, Probably not. I, I would if you had done it. I would have taken Hackett and been like, "Trust me, Hackett's going to swing this game one way or the other." But yeah, in that first fifteen, um, 
just being real creative and, and dialing some things up to see how they're going to play and hopefully you hit on a couple of these plays and that, that then these four first 15 kind of tie into the rest of your game that I'm always talking about where you're building this picture to really be able to take advantage of them in the you know maybe late second quarter or in the third or that fourth quarter because of a play that you ran early in the game and because they're great oh we got this no you don't yeah. right it's something completely different so hopefully we see a little bit more of that and I and I know they can do it because I've seen I think in the Philly game might have been the Philly game you, I saw some signs of it so I know it's in the playbook right I know it's in his thought process um, so hopefully they can do that from start to finish and maybe he takes his time obviously these last four weeks to maybe change how he game plans a little bit right right sometimes you have to switch up your process if, if that doesn't have you ready to play from a player's perspective maybe from a coach's perspective maybe you change the way you approach how you build out your first 15 yeah. or you build out your play calling because at this point you're just trying to see does something different just work try some stuff right, right? Does it, it doesn't matter it's not going to be that drastic where guys don't you calling terminologies different or nothing yeah. but how you build plays and put them together and uh, your mindset what you traditionally do Maybe challenge that a little bit and see if you can find some success doing something different that you can add on as you continue to develop as a coach. You've been talking about that, making sure your plays tell a story uh, at least since this preseason, and if not longer, obviously. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you watch the games that way through that yeah. lens, it's like, okay, you, you did this in the first quarter. This kind of sets you up for five free yards here in the third quarter, yeah. and you're not taking it. When we, I mean, I played Tom Brady every year, you know, when I was in Buffalo and some other g- really good quarterbacks. And that, for me, you know, I, you know, I wasn't uber talented off the charts, and so I had to play the game from a mental standpoint, probably a little bit more than anybody else, because I was a step slower. So in order to make up that step, I had to understand how they were attacking me. And so when people gave me the 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 the, the challenged me the most is when they used stuff against me how I played. So I used to run through on the backside of power. I could see the guard being light, so I'm playing the game coming down. Then I have teams. Pull the guard, knowing that I'm coming down, and yeah. then it's like a boot, and the tight end is dragging across, and that's actually my responsibility, and now I'm in panic mode, right? And so I think some of the, I guess, critiques I, I will give is based on how I played as a player and what I thought would work against really anybody. Because you, oh man, here it goes. I just made a play early in the game for a tackle for loss. I'm about to go do it again. Yeah, why, why would you stop until right. they make yeah, it stop? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, nope, I'm doing something different. And teams were willing to maybe let me make a play or two in the first quarter. Right, and then they hit me. It'd be red zone. Oh, I'm about to go make a big time play and stop them on uh, third down, third and two. They're gonna run it. Guards light. I see it. Boop. Touchdown in the red zone. Damn. They'll, they'll give you those right? two yards yeah. in the first quarter, but they're right. gonna take back twenty in the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those are the type of things that I, I, I want to see us do from a um, a schematic standpoint in regard to the Cardinals game planning that I haven't really seen, and I, and I haven't watched every single snap, but I watch a lot of it, and I don't and I don't I don't feel that or see that in, in typically in the game plan. It, this does feel like a game. This particular matchup where it's either going to be whoever comes out with a with a real strong game plan early is going to take like a 3 nothing or a 7-3 lead and then we're just going to slowly grind to like 17-13. Yeah. Or it's going to be one of those games though where it's like turnover, turnover, turnover and it's just yeah, going to be one defense has two defensive touchdowns and the other one forces three turnovers itself. I don't know. Yeah. Anything and, anything goes this yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that's 17-14 I, I think I have with Denver scoring one defensive touchdown oh, yeah. in my mind. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to score 
score 14 points. I don't understand <laughs> what happened to Russell Wilson. Yeah. I really don't. But I, I wouldn't pick him to, to score a whole lot this weekend either. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, all right, the Suns finally won a game last night. How much stock do you put into that? How prepared does that get them for what's coming up this weekend against New Orleans? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke. Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think feel a little bit more back to normal now that the uh, Suns aren't on a five-game losing streak. Lorenzo Alexander's in with me today for Wolf. Wolf is, uh, I don't know what Wolf does on vacation, probably watches football. He's probably watching film of. Uh, he's, he actually probably is no. watching the Bahamas more. <laughs> yeah, where, where did he go? The Bahamas? You said the Bahamas? I, 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 no, he's, I don't think oh. he went anywhere. Oh, I mean, just hanging out with yeah. his with, with the crew. But the Bahamas Bowl is going oh, on. Oh, right the now. Bahamas Bowl is yeah. going on. Yeah, uh, he's actually probably just watching footage of uh, of old NFL games. Um, the Suns win last night, and Mikel Bridges had a much better uh, performance offensively. He's always going to give you, like you said earlier, he's always going to give you what uh, what he gives you defensively, which is some of the best defensive play in the NBA. But this is uh, Mikel after the game just talking about not going four for 24 from the field. This is uh, via Dwayne Rankin's Twitter account. It was good. I think they had five, six in a row. Houston, too, I was just missing them. But um, felt good. Teammates found me. Felt good to make some shots. And he had Chris Paul after the game. Look, it's just good to get a win, regardless of who's out there. Never easy, you know, but a win is a win. It's hard to get wins in this league. I'm happy we uh, we got a win after this road trip, so I'll keep try to keep this train moving. And one more, this is Devin Booker, because this was obviously a storyline going in. You know, some people didn't think he was playing yesterday. He was questionable. It's a hamstring. We've seen guys, we've seen guys in this city have issues with a hamstring that, that lasted a lot longer than two games. Here's Booker. Yeah, it good. What was, what was, I mean, were you even thinking about it all during, during or no? Well, no, I wouldn't go out there if I had to think about it. Um, you know, so this is different than what it was in the past. You know, it was just a little tight. And, and I didn't want to think about it going into the last game. Um, maybe could have played then, but, you know, I took it a little cautious and, you know, played tonight. Just good to see Booker back out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he must have been feeling pretty good because Monty let him go back in. I think he took him out. Yeah. He came right back. And pe- the, the announcers was like, oh, yeah, he's probably done We're for the night. We're not seeing him again and, tonight. and then like the next <laughs> next stoppage, he came right back in. To, oh, well, I guess he was complaining uh, and got back out there. So, And I think a lot of that, he wants to get back into a rhythm, right? You want to feel good. You want to leave the game with um, some positive things to take take away from it, especially when we look at his shooting percentage and, and what normally is very easy or it looks easy I know it's not easy um, as far as putting the ball in the butt basket is he's been struggling a little bit and uh, you just want to kind of work through that but this you know early in the season again you know it's a good time to have some of these lows work through them um, tinker with some things and get back to who he is you know over the next you know four or five game um, uh, uh, run of games the, the the shooting percentage for Booker we kind of looked at earlier but if you just if you go back a few games and obviously he missed a couple games but you know for the most part People point to that December 2nd game against Houston where they were up 16 and lost. It's kind of the start of the, the weirdness here this month. Booker's two games before that, 
He was 17 of eight, uh, 28, so 61% for 44 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was against the Kings. 20 of 25, 80% for 51 points against the Bulls. Right. He could have had more in that yeah, game yeah, if yeah. he wanted. Uh, that was only in 31 minutes. And then 15 of 25 for 60% for uh, 41 points in that game against Houston. After that, it was like 43%, 30%, 35, 29, 27 last night. You can see, and it makes sense, but as Booker goes, the team goes, right? When he's not right. hitting shots, they don't really have a clear-cut set second guy that's going to step in and give you 30 points. They just don't have that guy. Right. Not consistently, you know, night in and night out when you think about some of the other duels that are in the league yeah. right now. And then you think about CP3 getting back to, to him being um, himself, right, coming off of an injury. Mikhail's still trying to figure out, I think, who he is and his new role and building consistency there. Um, and then obviously the DA, uh, you know, ups and downs of, of him really becoming who we all know he is. And I'm pretty sure who he know he can be as well. So, and to they find that is that's going to be um, an issue, you know. As far as when he goes, it's going to be a little bit harder sled to pull uh, because everybody else is just not in their uh, full rhythm right now. Yeah, in lack of better words. So um, looking forward to that though, because I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about Mikael or CP3, right? As far as where they will get to um, as as the season develops. And hopefully they can stay maintain their health, and then obviously get get Cam back and let him get back to who he is. Um, you know, and my cousin is always on me um, about about Da. I just I want him to be so good. I like everybody. Else. Wait, so your cousin's on you because he they, they, he wants to get rid of Da. Okay, he wants to get rid of. He's been he every time he sees me or every time Da does something that is 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 not uh to the standard. Yeah. He's he's texting me and sending me messages. So for more for it's not even about DA for me, I guess. It's, yeah. it's to get him off of my back. <laughs> I think uh, you know what I mean? That, get a uh, DA help me. Get is, him off of my back cuz every time you ball out, believe me, I'm texting him too and letting him know, man, you see this? <laughs> you do you see this, right? And so I, I need that more often in my bag, DA. That that is so telling. I think that 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 scenario you just pointed out, I think is happening with so many Suns fans now on like a game by game basis with DeAndre Ayton because he got whatever the percentages are but it feels like it's about 50-50 where there's 50% right. that are in the DA camp he can do this we've seen him do it he's still young he didn't start playing basketball organized until later in life than a lot of people you know so he's going to be he's going to get to that point and then you got the other half that's like get this guy out of here on right. January 15th yeah. and and a lot of it is like you believe one thing, but your friend or your cousin or whoever believes the other thing. So it's just constantly back and forth every game, no matter what DeAndre is. Right, right. And it's not going to change either. No. Unless he gets really consistent or gets really traded. Those are about the two options. Um, this is Devin Booker again after the game talking about how the Suns are treating the regular season this this time around. Yeah, you know, we're competitors in here and, you know, we never like to lose, but at the same time, you know, this is different than last year. You know, we stress a little bit more about, you know, the games that really don't matter. So, you know, win or loss, we're just trying to improve and, and get better and, you know, peak at the right time and, you know, get ready for later in the season. I think all yeah. the Suns fans are on board with that. You just can't be losing five in a row and dropping Correct. down standing. Yeah, so, right, they're focused more on the process. Yeah. I think Wolf says this all the time. It's not the what happens, right, or the result. It's, it's how it happens. And so what that looks like. And so they're making a, a, um, 
uh, I don't know, a cultural shift from let's try to win every game to let's have this process to get ready for when it's playoffs, essentially. Yeah. Right? But in that, even though you're not really worried about the wins and the losses, how you win and how you lose matters. Even if you blow a team out, uh, and you, Monty talked about it the other night, too, in the second half, right, with the defense. It kind of got a little sloppy. And so, yes, I understand we're trying to build to something, but we can't have these lows, whether we're up or down, in the way we approach the game with our effort and attitude. That process matters. Maybe we're working on something. Maybe a guy is off, but we want to go back to him and, and Mikael Bridges so that he can continue to develop who he is offensively. But we cannot have these things with, when it comes to effort and attitude, communication on defense. Lowell. So they're focused right now, it seems, when I hear him talk about that. Not that the preseason or the preseason, the regular season. It all doesn't, blends together sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but we're focusing on the process of it all so that we are sharpened um, and in a position of making a, a great run because. Getting to the playoffs isn't good enough for this organization now, no, no. right? Yeah, a couple been, of years ago, great. it was yeah, great, right? years ago, it was like we're right? parade um, through downtown Phoenix right. just making the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, after the bubble, you know, making it to the second round might have been okay, yeah. right? Not now. The standard, because you've made it to the, to the championship, is to get back there and now win it. And so how do you change your process, as I talked about with Cliff? What do you change, right, in your process to, uh, to increase the chances of that happening and not having to relive some of the challenges that you've had in the past? You know, and, and always the one that pops to my mind is CP3 maybe getting injured in the playoffs. What has been his kind of his, his, his career uh, challenge? I, I think you hit it there, too. It's, it's not sometimes you, you get lost in it of like okay well the regular season doesn't really matter because you're, you're built for the playoffs so just get through the regular season it's it's not it's not get through the 82 games no. without injuries right. it, it's what Monty was talking about with the habit stamina right yeah, like yeah, you yeah. gotta build the right habits like you said even Correct. in a win or, or a loss that's the whole point of this that's what Golden State did last year even though they weren't yep. winning games in March they obviously won them in April May and June and they've done this before alright coming up next which young Cardinals defensive players have stood out to Zoe this year that's sort of the foundation for this defense defense going forward after this year so he's the right guy to talk to we'll get into that next it's wolf and luke lorenzo alexander in for wolf on arizona sports the local sports leader football friday with wolf and luke presented by 72 sold arizona sports the local sports leader the show. Uh, let's see. If you're looking for bright spots on the Cardinals, I tried this the other day, though. Lorenzo Alexander's in for Wolf. I tried this. I was like, okay, bright spots for the Cardinals this season. And I eventually settled on Zach Allen and like a couple other things, but mainly Zach Allen. And then he probably got hurt like a, half a quarter later. Um, but I, I would say if you are, if you're looking for bright spots, it has been the up-and-coming players on this defense because this Cardinals defense has surprised some people this season in the sense of like going into the year it was like all the resources kind of went to the offense and it was you probably have to win games 31-28 right defense gave them a chance you had that stat earlier with Denver right if, if you could if you had scored more than 19 points in regulation you'd be like 10-3 and three. yeah it's not that extreme for the Cardinals but there are quite a few games this season where the Cardinals defense held the opposition to 20-19 yeah, 17 yeah, yeah. points and they didn't get wins right because I was uh, doing the whole time where they 
they weren't scoring a point in the first quarter. Yeah, which, which is a problem. <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a significant problem because you put even additional additional stress of being perfect on that defense as far as stopping the opponent from creating too big of a lead yeah. um, on each possession. And so, you know, when we look at uh, guys that. Um, have the ability or that I'm going to be watching as far as uh, being impactful for the future, right? Offensively, as you mentioned, the, the main guy that I would, would love to see is, is Rondell Moore, but he's he's been hurt um, too often, right? You got a lot of these young offensive guys, you know, I think about Lasita Smith, but Rondell Moore, what he, what he would be able to bring to this offense as another threat um, just ha- hasn't been what it ought to be because he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and that's probably for a lot of different reasons. Hopefully, he figures out what's going to allow him to minimize his time that's missed. Um, hopefully it's, this is not an indication uh, of his body's inability to to take the wear and tear of an NFL season, which is a, a vastly different experience than college. Yeah. Um, Are you worried about him at all just in that regard? This will be, when the season ends, he'll have missed 12 of his first 34 NFL games. And that might just be yes. bad luck, but he also right. missed games in college, too. Yeah, and I would have to go back and look at what the injuries are, you know, because like for Book, it's always a hamstring, right? Yeah. So are these chronic issues, and if they're chronic issues. I know it's a growing out this time. I don't know what it was last year and trying to see if things are um, if something is, is is creating those, right? And so you have to always go back. When I was in Buffalo, they had a real good thing about having sports scientists come in, kind of break you down. Where your your where you uh, symmetries at? You know, is your left and your right the same as far as mobility, flexibility, uh, strength wise, power output, all those things that you have to take in consideration of why athletes typically get hurt. And we saw a significant decrease in like some of your soft tissue issues when we took that kind of holistic approach. Oh, nice. Right. Okay. I don't know what, what type of infrastructure they have with the Cardinals or what type of infrastructure he subscribes to outside of the facility when he goes home. But I would really like to see that because sometimes it's like with Steph Curry, right, with his ankles. He got with a guy and it's, he, they figured it out and then his career took off because then he was available to play all the yeah, time. Yeah, people forget at the start of his career he was like the guy that's just always hurt always, and he wasn't going to be anything. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to... Uh, put a label on Rondell so early, right? But he has to do something that's going to change his availability. Because I, like, I that's your, your biggest superpower, right? Is what? can you be available for 17? And, and he was he was finally starting to kind of take off before this most recent injury. So I, I just, I don't know. It's not like I think they write him off because he's hurt, but you just said it. One of the biggest things you can do, especially because like receiver, they've actually got some pieces there when everybody's yeah. healthy and not suspended. Uh, but but I, it's so open-ended with this team because I know this current coaching staff, if they're here next year, believes in him and has a lot of stuff they want to put out there for him, but you got to keep him out there on the field. All right, let's get over to the defense because that's where a lot of the young guys are, and obviously you've, you've watched these guys pretty closely yeah. all year. Yeah, so um, thinking about Cameron um, Thomas, I had a chance to kind of watch him progress when he was tra- training to come out of Exos. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing his development, uh, went out to a couple of uh, um Preseason, or I guess training camp practices, and watching him kind of go from you know what is my process of rushing the passer uh, to actually looking like he has a plan out there. So you're starting to see him show up more, and obviously a lot of that comes with reps. Um, so really looking to see what his development. I think that's going to 
um, him and, and my Jay is going to really allow this team to maybe go feel more comfortable going offensive line. And, yeah. you know, obviously <laughs> no, I feel they, like they have to right, defense. You know, of course, play. if there's a, 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 a generational player at five or whatever they end up at, you take them regardless of position. You, you can fit them in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're going to make room for him. Um, but those two guys will allow them to uh, obviously take an offensive guy and then also from a defensive perspective, maybe a couple of guys that are veterans that may may or may not be back because now I'm comfortable with their progression and I trust them and I can see their trajectory uh, moving forward and maybe that frees up some dollars to spend other way in free agency. And so those are the, probably the two guys defensively that I look at. I mean, we talk all all day about Isaiah and, and Zavin, but those are the two guys that have potential to do something special. And it'll be also interesting to see how much time they spend with J.J. Watt. We always see Zach Allen with J.J. Watt. Yeah. Why don't I see, you know, Hard Knocks and Cameron Thomas? Well, I like that this my week. My J. I know. That no. segment, that, that was, right. That, you're right. That's the first time we've kind of seen it because Wolf and I were talking about this yesterday when we were out there for, for rookie camp this year. They brought in all the rookies. Yep. And so we had, you know, a full 10 minute interview with each one of them. Each, every one of the rookies that I remember talking to when we asked them, like, okay, who was kind of like an NFL guy you looked up to or who you, you want to play yeah. against or meet this year? They were all J.J. Watt. Yeah, of course. Of that's, that's the easy thing to say, right? Yeah. Um, Even Trey McBride was like J.J. Watt. Right, like, because minute, of who he is and what he's done. He's been a defensive MVP. But saying it and actually doing it, yeah. right? And so I don't know, because this week it was him and Zach Allen, right? When I went to the games or to practice a couple of times, I see him and Zach Allen sitting yeah. over by on that same thing. Those right? two are always They're around always each other. They're always together, yeah. right? And I think that's intentional from a Zach Allen standpoint. Smart. Right? So uh, uh, J.J. needs about two or three more guys in that posse that's sitting over there with him all the time. Well, especially, and that's why it was it, it was cool. It was only like a three-minute clip of the show yep. this week, but him talking to Cameron Thomas because, I don't know, I mean, how long is J.J. Watt? There's no guarantee he's he's here past this year. There's no yeah, guarantee, yeah. right? And yep. so if if I'm... If I'm Cameron Thomas, if I'm IJ Sanders, yeah, give me all all of as much football knowledge as you much, can give me before you leave. Exactly. So you just learn the game, learn from one of the best that's ever done it. Um, because though, I, I mean, I had London Fletcher teach me. I mean, I had to pull it out of him because uh, he used to always tease me. Hey, Zo, man, I got a son. I want him to be a linebacker. And if I tell you, you gonna tell your son, and he might take my son's job. I said, man, man, just tell me how to play this game, man. So that is that is. Like, Looking like nine yeah, steps. Ahead. Yeah, I'm like, and that's, but that's the type of player he is. He was messing around, but I'm like, man, come on. But again, I sought him out every yeah. every moment. I, you know, we rode to games together. I'm trying to be around you. I want to be like you, but if I don't see you, if I don't relate with you, I, not, it's not going to just miraculously fall off onto me, right? I got to spend some time and understand you and get to know you and see how you operate. Even going up, hey, Jay, man, can I come over for dinner? Or hey, can I come bring? you dinner as a rookie right let me come over and hang out and i'll bring you dinner dinner on me right those type of things just so i can learn soak it up see how he operates as a man and obviously as a football player because that's that gives you the the totality of who he is and how he's been able to be successful for so long in this league now the ultimate plot twist here is your son has to take london fletcher's son's job right at some point that's no it's more than enough jobs they're gonna take some some other kids yeah it's a couple (laughs) of jobs out there and i think uh steel 
play. That's a cool, the coolest name, man. That's his son's name is Steel. That's yeah, Steel Fletcher. <laughs> Steel no, Fletcher. That's... Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the dopest name. <laughs> he's already got a spot yeah, on the team just right. based on name. Yeah, he's a running back right now, but he probably plays defense too. But yeah. a real good athlete. He's a couple years older than my son. Um, oh, um, so it's not even so, an issue. Yeah, until well, you know, once you get to the league, everybody's you that's know the same true. age. But hey, they can play next to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Perfect. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Right. You guys go to the games together and be like, "See, <laughs> yeah. I told you, it's a good thing you yep. told me." Yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. Brock Purdy has gone from Mister Irrelevant to suddenly very relevant, and uh, he stepped up in a big way for the 49ers against the Seahawks last night. We'll get into that game and the implications of that game next. It's Wolf and Luke Lorenzo Alexander in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.